Walking Maiden. The podcast of the beast. How you doing, Nesbitt? I'm doing great. Oh, fantastic. How you doing? I'm doing awesome, man. Yeah. It's a crazy time in Maidenland. Yeah. Podcast is doing very well. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah. We're actually now, we, we have to check into Twitter because people are <laughs> messaging us, which is great. Getting lots of emails. Yep. Um, lots of knowledgeable feedback from people. Steady belt. So we'll try and bring those in when we get a chance. And uh, all in all, just everything's going good. We got the tour back on. So that's awesome. Of course, we've broken that down. We've got a lot to say on that. We're not going to get into that today. I can't wait till uh, August. We'll August. be heading over to see our shows. It's coming close. Yeah. It's in every, all the itineraries finished now. We've got yeah. everything booked. Signed, sealed, and delivered. We've got our Airbnb in Manchester. Near. So that's going to be deadly. So I'm really pumped about that. Got the people lined up for uh, some drinking. Today we're going to get into Final Frontier. Right. We've been talking about doing this one for weeks. Yeah. We've been, yeah. It's been a yeah. long time, actually. Yeah. It goes way back. Um, in prep for this, probably what months ago now, I bought the the vinyl uh, and the live. Um, right in vivo. vivo. Yeah, about the live album. Listen to that one to be honest more than the than this vinyl at first. Yeah. But then in the last month or so, I really started to tick this one up, and uh, I got to say it's you know been pretty awesome experience. Love the vinyl. Don't regret yep. uh, getting it at all. And um, I'm pretty excited to break it down. So start off with our beer. So, uh, tell us what we are... Uh... Yeah, so this, this beer is an interesting one. Um, it's uh, a, a locally brewed beer. It's called a Chaga, Chaga Porter. And Chaga is a, is a mushroom that grows on birch trees here in Newfoundland. And that the um, people used to make tea out of it. Apparently it was an indigenous tradition where they would take the, this Chaga mushroom and they would boil it down to make this tea, which is like a really, like, really almost like a, a very strong orange pico. It's super brown. It t- t- there's very little flavor on it a little bit of bitterness when you drink the tea because I actually have some of the tea down in my fridge a friend of mine made it for me but full of antioxidants and all this stuff so they brewed this porter and they added the chaga mushroom into it so it's, this is a hyper local beer with some healthy properties uh, it's a porter 5.4% brewed locally what so do you think? this will reverse damage to your liver right here well, hold <laughs> fantastic on, let me tear this up. do not spend your time worrying about those wasted beers all right. All right. So this is a, well, we got a growler here. So, well, it's only 5.4%, but it's a lovely beer. Great to kick off the uh, the podcast with a, a locally made, with local ingredients beer. And uh, we got a lot of good beers lined up for the next few podcasts, actually. There's some great summer ones coming out. So, um, well, this is really good. There. It's excellent, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's because it's not as sweet. Most of the time, porters, I find them to be a bit sweet. This one's great. That's fantastic. Okay. Final Frontier. Lots to talk about in this album. Yeah, it's a cool album. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, 2010, so it's been eight years since this came out. It's funny because it feels like brand new. It feels like really modern in a sense. I know. I find a lot of these Maiden albums, the post-Bruce ones, I can't believe how long it's been since they came out. Yeah, post-return, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, and the theme is so modern in that. And yep. Yeah. It almost feels like, in some ways, to me, I don't know. Like Book of Souls was kind of a step back in terms of some of the graphic and design and stuff. It, it, more of a classical look, not a not yeah. a negative way. Yeah. So yeah, it's um, space theme. Yeah. Although only space so consistent theme, throughout. but it wouldn't be a. It's not a concept album. No, it's but not. it does have kind of a space theme to the. Uh, it's kind of one of those typical Maiden things where it's like, uh, like Power Slave. It's like a title track and a matching album cover. Yeah. Book of Souls, a title track and a matching album cover, and this one has like the fi- one song. There's a little bit more space stuff in there. Yeah. And like a matching album cover, but it doesn't make it a concept album. It's just, uh, you know, there's a, a visual concept and like one or two songs that fit into it. Yeah. Although there is a bit of a, a travel theme, I guess. Yeah. Throughout pieces of it, you know, that risk, that isolation that you experience with travel. But, but then yeah, I say, if I you would... make the concept vague enough, every album is a every concept album. album you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> What's the concept of this? Enjoying well, of music. <laughs> I have a... Uh, yeah, the concept of this album is rocking out. <laughs> rocking out. Um, I have a quote from Steve Harris. He says, Well, it's not a concept album. But as with a lot of our albums, you don't really realize when you're doing stuff, there are common threads. It's like when we did Fear of the Dark. There seemed to be fear mentioned through the album a few times. I just think when you do an album, whatever train of thought you're in at the time, there seems to be a loose thing going through and it all ties together somehow. So, Okay. I guess they had space on the, on the brain when they were... <laughs> Yeah. Writing this album. They're spaced out. Yeah. It was a good, uh, well, not a crazy break. I mean, the, the you know, it's four years from A Matter of Life and Death. And uh, the good little break there. Yeah. 
and then they had the Vivo tour, and then they went back and did the the Hitch tour, and then they wrote Book of Souls, and it was so that was this what's Book of Souls? Wait, that was twenty fifteen. Two. So it's five yeah, year gap. Right. Yeah, so it's a pretty yeah. pretty constant cycle. Yeah. So this one was again they recorded it in Nassau, Bahamas. Remember when we did yeah. uh, Power Slave and Somewhere in Time? Yes. And they also did Peace of Mind there. So they made three of their eighties huge eighties albums there. Yeah. And they went back in two thousand ten. And uh, I've got a quote from Adrian. It was slightly strange. The studio hadn't changed at all. Same carpet, same curtains, same everything. The equipment there wasn't very good, but the actual room was great. The thing is, it's important us to be able to see one another when we're recording. And a lot of newer studios aren't set up for that. So yeah. that's cool. They just, you know, like we mentioned that in A Matter of Life and Death. Yeah. They got in a room and just like played together. Yeah, and that yeah, that's right. They yeah. basically said it was a, a jam session, which is what they did on the first tour. But the it's interesting that, that that they isolate everybody in sound booths now, and in some cases you can't even see each other. And then you know, then they blend it all together and mix yeah, it. like they'll lay down a drum and yeah. then they'll lay the bass and then they'll they lay tracks on top of each other independently. Yeah. Whereas this, they had their recording gear in separate mic'd rooms or like areas, but they were standing together, like jamming. So, yeah, I got another another quote. I got lots of quotes for this album. Cool. <laughs> From Steve Harris, and he says, It was pretty well live. It worked really good because we could see each other when we were playing, and it worked really well. Uh, there were no scratch tracks or anything. We did the songs live and then added bits on top as well. So, yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why it translates to live. So many artists, they uh, do this, you know, overdubbed, you know, it's not really a metal problem, more of a pop music, I guess, problem. Yeah, they and do this like a lot of metal stuff. Yeah. yeah, and then they do this when they do it live, they can only do like uh, three quarters of the song and half yeah. is like cheated. That's because they don't have three guitarists. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. And I mean, some of these songs too, I noticed when I was like uh, editing them and like I was making some sound clips and stuff, mm. they really speed up a lot and slow down a lot. Yeah. Which is kind of cool because you don't get that if you're laying tracks down because you have a click track, you play everything right on and it's in Pro Tools and everything's synced up perfect. Yeah. But these songs kind of have a feel. So if Nico gets, you know, speeds it up a bit or lays back a bit on it. Yeah. And that comes through. I think it's, it's I don't know, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, uh, I definitely agree with that. There's a lot of epic tracks in here. Some more epic than others. Um, yeah. I, I, I've got to say, you know, I want to save most of my comments till we've broken down the tracks. But I, I, for me, I think... The stand, takeaway for me is there's some amazing vocal performances Yeah, this album. Right uh, Dave Murray was in uh, Billboard magazine. He said, we breezed through the album, finished it in six weeks, getting down a track a day, all playing together as a band, and Bruce singing all in the same room. There's a very live in the studio feel to it. Yeah. So. Although, I, in, in fairness to, you know, I like to Dave, you know, and I can only pick the solos part so much, but like he mailed in one or two. Like, <laughs> pretty bad. You think? Yeah, I think We'll so. get to those when we'll we get, get to the those. songs. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I read in Kevin Shirley's recording diary that he had online. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of talk of like Bruce doing the vocals with the uh, the band. I have a feeling he recorded a lot of like scratch vocal takes because they went to Malibu after, and uh, there's a lot of like diary entries of Bruce doing the vocals. So I think he went and like did his vocals there, or maybe did his harmonies, or redid some of the vocals. Mm. But uh, yeah, they all just pretty much got in a room together and jammed, which is pretty cool. That's awesome. I'll just I got a whole bunch of stuff here printed up from this tour diary, but one of the things was uh January 9th, thousand ten, Nassau, Bahamas. Uh, this is when they're getting ready to record. He said, Final touches are made to the guitar rigs. The crew string the guitars and the studio is made ready. We get sounds on everything and the road crew play ACDC's Highway to Hell to test the systems. Ironic as the iconic black back in black album was cut in this very room. So that's wow. kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, what is the highest selling album of all time? Yeah. Wow. Or at least highest selling rock albums of all time. Yeah. Oh, deadly. Yeah. So then they recorded it in the Bahamas, uh, went back to Malibu to mix it. And it was another one like A Matter of Life and Death where they just kind of left the mix flat. They didn't really mess with it much. Okay. There's a quote from Kevin Shirley. He says, uh, ultimately decided to go with my flat mixes over any mastering versions. No equalization, no compression. And just as it left my studio. Remember A Matter of Life and Death, they just kind of recorded it. Yeah. So I don't, it is mixed, but it's just, they didn't do a lot of messing with it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. A Matter of Life and Death, you know, we, we already covered it. Love it. And the fact that they, it was the only album they've done start to finish. Is that true? Or did they do that early on with Iron Maiden? I wonder. 
but um, sure. in, in in the recent years. Oh, the order they recorded yeah. them? I, I think I want to revisit that one again because I've been listening to it a lot. Yeah, and especially, you know, in prep for some of the 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 shows that we've done, various um, prep, you know, respect to overrated, underrated, and lyrics, and all the things where I keep digging through the album. I've got a different perspective on a few songs. I went back and looked at my notes, and I think yeah. it, it's just constant evolution. That's one thing I love about doing these is like, especially with this album, there's a few songs here that I never really, I knew them and I liked them, but then when I started really listening and picking them apart, I noticed a whole bunch of stuff that I didn't before and kind of, some of them kind of like blew my mind. Yeah. (laughs) There's a couple of songs on here that I would have given like a seven and a half that I give a nine to now. Yeah. And there's one that I would give a nine to before and I give like a seven. (laughs) I I got a scorching hot take actually that that I kind of want to, I kind of want to lay out there. Do it. That I don't want to preempt this album because I think there are weaknesses but I think this is overall awesome yep. um, but remember when we had uh, Jarvis on a ways back and he was talking about Live After Death now this is crazy to many Yeah. I actually like I enjoy playing in vivo more I in really Live do. After Death? yes Yeah. I uh, know Live After Death is amazing but and it's so iconic I'm not saying it's a better album yeah. but I'm saying right now I just go in vivo every single time and I haven't been listening to the live chapter that much but I even listen to like uh, Raising Hell and the li- a real dead one and a real live one too mm-hmm. depending on what I'm in the mood for as far as like set list yeah uh, I really like in vivo it's awesome. the talisman yeah on that deadly on there it's amazing the way and then the way they play Satellite 15 or Final Frontier yeah, or both, however you want to call it it's yeah. like two tracks jammed together yeah but it's awesome on live I just love it because it, it feels like the album and then it, it just hit so many classics in there yeah so there's my hot take I've done probably almost as much listening to In Vivo in the play lead up to this but then the last month I've just been digging down on this track and to be honest with you there's some good tracks that didn't make the album didn't make the live set and you know yeah. break that down we get yeah. into it um, so we'll get into the tracks Satellite 15 dot yeah. dot dot the final frontier yeah title <laughs> track, track number one slash Adrian song Yes. So it starts out with that Satellite 15 intro. Mm. Uh, Before we talk about it, I'm just going to play a clip of it. That, that's what is that uh, is that like a drum machine or it is that? a drum machine well yeah. Adrian uh, I got a quote from him here I told you I had lots of quotes yeah he said that's just something I recorded in my studio did it quickly thought it was interesting it was kind of futuristic sounding thing Steve picked it out and started getting these ideas like lost in space kind of vibe I thought we should get in the studio and re-record it but he just lifted it straight off my computer I did it in about five minutes with a cheap little drum machine Oh. So this is just something that Adrian was messing around with on his computer. Yeah. And Steve just took it and basically used it as an intro on the album. And I guess Bruce came in after and sang some vocals over it. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, one thing I have to say, when you play that clip, it's like, Talking Maiden, sometimes, like when we're in the middle of a podcast playing clips, I just wanted to be listening Maiden. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, we just sit here and we could play it and just drink beer. We should do that sometime. Just listen to an album and talk over it and just like yeah. shoot, shoot the... We'll do that after... Shoot the S-H-I-T. After... <laughs> After we uh, finish doing all the albums, yeah, we'll go back and we'll just do uh, listen to them from beginning to end, yeah, and talk over the whole thing. We should do that. Can we? It'll do be that? an album Without commentary. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure. Yeah, I always say like I always try to keep down <laughs> to like butthead. short, short clips, like 20, 30 seconds. Yeah, and then talk about the clips. Uh, I've listened to a bunch of other podcasts, and there's some that play like full songs, but I'm not sure how that works. Yeah. Like I'm, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to go cease and desist from whatever record company from our dear friends, yeah. <laughs> Iron Maiden. Um, the uh, so this is it like two tracks or one track? Like there's a so split with the transition. It's two tracks. Yeah, but it's it, one track on the album, so it is one track. Together. Yeah, yeah, and one goes into the other. So, like I like that it sets up the album when you're listening to the full album. Yeah. So when you put the album on and let it play, it's kind of cool. But I kind of wish that it was a separate track in that. Like, if I make, make a mix or a playlist, I never put the song on. Because I don't want to sit through that. I don't want to listen to it. Yeah. I don't mind it as a setup for something. That's why opening the concert is so good, because it's a setup. Yeah. And I'll, I'll add a point to this, too. It, it reminds me of um, 
the lead-in for Wrathchild, and the fact that they split that up matters. But also, Final Frontier, even though Wild Wind Blows, we'll get to that, and that's good. Final Frontier would have made an awesome end to the first side of the disc or the album. If you listen to it, it actually would actually yeah, be... Yeah, maybe. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll, like, I don't know. Although it is, the, the vocals to this, when he's just singing the Final Frontier over yeah. and over again, it's kind of cool that that's the name of the album, and it's like... It would be such a good way to close it out. I'll bring this point back up at the end. Yeah. Yeah. This intro, Satellite 15. I'm only talking about the Satellite 15 part. Mm. Zero replay for me. Like, I heard it and I'm like, that's it. I don't really want to hear it again. Other than if they open the concert with it. Yeah, and I oscillate between are the title tracks good or bad? And then I always go back to, like, you know, Iron Maiden, Power Slave, and, you know, Yay. And then we think of a Dance of Death, and we haven't had so much fun. And that's that Dance of Death, what I love so much about that song is, is that the. The, the most controversy we've created which is not a lot right yeah. but like there's still people like you're an idiot yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you guys yeah. don't even get it I get these emails all yeah. the time and then other people like, are, I can't believe you said that like, that's my favorite Iron Maiden song that's what got me into Iron Maiden I know and I'm like sorry well, I'm like yeah. doubling down on it now like, <laughs> now, now I hate it more it's still a great track but uh, yeah. But yeah so this was uh, one of the singles off the album and for this album the singles have this really cool like comic book yeah, kind of that. cover art which is kind of cool very different from Maiden is that it on vinyl? The single, I think there might be... I'm not sure. Because I know they, it's a CD single. I don't know if it's released as a vinyl single. That's a good question. It'd be a cool one to get, though. Yeah. It was, I only collect the 12-inch vinyl singles, so... Hopefully it was a 12-inch of a <laughs> For <tour>. now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Until I buy them all. one 7-inch, and I'm like, damn it. Damn it. <laughs> Here damn we go. But uh, it works great on the In Vivo album that you're listening yeah. to. It's really cool. But the song Final Frontier, the second half of the song... Mm. Uh, this is Adrian Smith. It sounds like an Adrian, those rockers, right? Like, uh, it's just a cool riff. It's a straight up rocker. It just, you know, Maiden, they're into this, like, at the front loading their album with a couple of really fast rock ones, yeah. post reunion, like when Adrian and Bruce came back. Mm. And they do it again on this album. And it's pretty cool. There's a, actually, there's like, if you listen to it, you can hear there's an acoustic guitar put in there for like kind of texture, which sounds really cool. Um, one thing I love about the song is how did they do that? Was that Yannick? I think Adrian went in and really overdubbed him. In the overdubbed it, okay, because yeah. yeah. Um, one thing I love about the song is the final frontier. Is it's a cool riff, and I like how the riff they're playing guitars, but like the guitars they play and then they stop, and they play and they stop, and they play and they stop, and you can really hear Bruce's vocals. Yeah, and the vocals go on over it. I'm shining in space. I'm lost with a trace. You play that and it just makes me. I, I really I know, love I this track. Hear, yeah, I know you're a, like, no, oh, I love this track. Too. Oh, I love yeah. it, man. The first half, the satellite 15 is the one that I said. Yeah, I, yeah but I, I love it. Of. And it's not only that, it's the perfect lead into a live show. It is. Yeah. But I'm just saying, whenever I listen to Maiden, if I'm looking through Maiden songs, I would never play the song. Yeah. Well, I would because I have a version of this where I cut the intro out of it. It's like the single version, too. The single version doesn't have that intro. Um, it's cool. Do you notice that in that clip he says something about flying too close to the sun, like Icarus? Yeah, I know. And you know whenever they make a, a callback to a word like that, yeah. like it's totally on purpose. Yeah, well, we we meant to link this. We meant to do that. We got to put that in our in our in our pot. Yeah, our we were gonna guide. do an episode where like yeah. links between songs. Yeah, because there's some great ones like um, I know um, Fear of the Dark. It's mentioned somewhere, but the big one for me was Brave New World. Got mentioned way earlier. Yeah, in um, Somewhere in Time. Yeah, somewhere. that's right. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. We talked about was it. it Somewhere in Time. I can't remember. Who knows offhand? <laughs> I've got a bunch of notes made. Yeah, but it's cool that they do a callback to like Icarus. Yeah, uh, that's neat. The solos are great. Uh, Adrian's solo in this one, like, it's a decent solo. Uh, I just love the cool tone on his guitar and the fast part that he plays at the end. And then Dave Murray comes in with his, like, smooth solo after. It's you know, it's a good solo. It's not a favorite solo, but it's, uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, it's Adrian's song, and then he, you know, does the, the drum lead in, well, drum sounding future yeah. sounding lead in the best part of the solo and then he overdubs the acoustic so he's really you know taking control of this track and trying to put his mark on it yeah well it's an adrian track basically yeah. right well all the songs on this are co-written with harris so he yeah, puts his like, maiden yeah. stamp on it but uh it's Which a great is... album opener i don't think it's up there with wicker man or different world yeah but it's up there I, it's a good song 
Oh, I'd, I'd probably argue with you about Different World, which I love. Yeah. But I would argue the strength of the start of A Matter of Life and Death is the first four songs. And this, the first three songs are, are, are crazy good in terms of ramping up. But I just, I really, I love this track. Yeah, I, I like it a lot too. I know they jam two together, but still yeah. be. But it's not, it's not one, it's not my favorite song on the album. No. But it's, uh, it's oh, good. I, oh, geez, Nes, but I wonder what your favorite song is on this album. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it's a song that you talked about constantly. Your favorite Maiden album, Maiden song is on this album. Top five Maiden song. Top five yeah. Maiden song. Everyone stay no, tuned but I mean, for, the, for the secret. <laughs> yeah. Is it Wild Wind Blows or Tell Us Man? To come, Who yeah. will know? Who will know? <laughs> but uh, anyway, it's, I would give the song yeah. like a very strong like a thumbs up. It's, oh, good. Yeah. it's a good rock, rocker. It's, it's I would an like eight out of it, 10 for me. Maybe yeah. a 9 out of 10. Yeah. Depending on what mood I'm in, how many beers I've had. <laughs> By the way, this beer is excellent. It is really good. Track two, El Dorado. I love it. Yeah. Heavy guitar feel. Yeah. I love this. I really love this track, man. It really gets me wound up. Yeah, it's cool. And they have this is another one they released as a single. It's got another cartoon kind of cover to it, which is really cool. And this was released before the album came out as a free download on ironmaiden.com which was uh really kind of cool they just gave it away yeah as a where does the naming come the from of el dorado yeah it's like a, a city of gold that uh i'm not sure the legend behind it there was supposed to be this lost city of gold called el dorado that i think i think it was the spanish explorers were trying to find i can't remember so, uh, yeah, I read this uh, interview with a guitar magazine with Adrian Smith. He says, El Dorado is Steve's song. He had everything written down to the last detail from start to finish. With Steve's stuff, you have to play it exactly the way he hears it and can be very rigorous. Yannick volunteered to do the parts. Steve showed him what to play, and it took Yannick a lot of work to do it the way Steve wanted him to. That's how it used to be in the old days when Steve would write a lot of songs. We'd sit down and go through it the way Steve wanted it, even so far as picking accents using upstrokes or downstrokes. So wow. Steve Harris, when he writes something, he's like, play it exactly the way I'm hearing it in my head. So Neat. Yeah. <laughs> I, I take the opposite approach. I'm like, I like this part. <laughs> this is good. I got a clip I like to play. This is one of my favorite parts of the song. Play it. It does talk about the the shit school. I just love that man. It's just ramp it up, and you can just feel Bruce getting into it, and it's yeah. just great transitions. Yeah, Bruce's vocals are great. I, uh, Bruce, I have a quote from Bruce. He says, "It was a nightmare to sing live. It was like putting your balls in a vice and squeezing real hard." <laughs> you know what? Some people are into. <laughs> so I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not gonna not judging. Not, no judging. <laughs> Hashtag no judging. So they played this beef on tour before the album came out. Mm. Uh, it's weird. The tour for this album, the first leg. It was just the song from the album. And then after the album came out, they did a second leg in 2011. And that's when they added the Talisman, Wild Wind, Coming Home, the ones from In Vivo. That's the In Vivo set list. So, okay. What do you think of the intro to this where it like, comes in with a like, like, crashing? like? I love it. Yeah, all, it's kind of cool. They've never done anything like that to open the song that I can think of. Yeah. Well, I just want to sum it up because I find the flow in these first four songs is amazing. Yeah. And I, and, yeah. another thing I like about this is this is definitely, uh, it's like the Maiden Gallop. You know That's I mean? right. And it's a return after the first song, which is a straight up rocker. And this one has like this. So it's it's a yeah it's, it's pretty cool and that's the the gallop that yeah. you love from Maiden and well, that's one of those new gallops album. like you could hear ten different rock songs coming out of that as well as metal yeah. and it's a common but it's so I love it yeah, it just gets you just gets you geared up yeah it's pretty cool yeah. uh, this is kind of like fills the two minutes to midnight role on the album you know what I mean yeah it's uh no, it's pretty cool I find Final Frontier and this song are like it's kind of like Wildest Dreams and Rainmaker how they open Dance of Death. Yeah. They put two catchy rockers at the beginning to kind of hook you. 
Uh, and this v- song, too, if you listen to In Vivo, the version on In Vivo is even better than the album version. Yeah. It's just amazing. The energy behind it, right? That's right. So This is great. It's a great song. Although, I think Final Fr- I like Final Frontier better than this song. Yeah? I think I so. Know. I don't know. And I would go so far as to say I don't think that this is a classic Maiden song. But it's really good. The same I, way, I love I, it. you know what I mean? I put this up there with like Rainmaker, Wildest Dreams. They're great songs. It's awesome. Um, yeah, but it's not two minutes to midnight. No, it's not. Oh, God. It's not even in the same ballpark. But it's a great lead in for Mother Mercy, which is epic. I love right. this. Okay, well, track number yeah. three Mother Mercy. The, the vocals in this. Yeah. Like he just leans into it. As soon as I read Mother Mercy, I just think about it. Like this is a stressful song. But this was left off alive. Yeah, like sad. Well, I find this sounds like it could have been a B-side from Matter of Life and Death, or a song left off Matter of Life and Death. It kind of has that feel. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's another war song with a soldier. You know what I mean? But you love the song. Yeah. I don't like the song as much as you. No? I think uh, for their war theme song, it's no like Monsi or or Passchendaele or Longest Day. No. Those are... uh... I would even say I like Fortunes of War and the Aftermath from the X Factor. As war theme songs, better than this one. Better than this. I just find the verses are kind of boring. The pre-chorus is pretty good, and the chorus, I don't know, it doesn't do it for me. He just leans into it. So I know, but I, love it. I don't know what it is about it. Solo is pretty good. Like I would give it a solid like seven point five. Seven. It's not a classic. I got an eight out of ten. Yeah. It's not a classic. It's not. Yeah. You know, look the this this um, side one of a, if you break it down to four side on the vinyl or how you look at it. It's El Dorado. I love uh, Satellite Fifteen and Final Frontier. Awesome start. Mother Mercy and then Coming Home. Like you got such a yeah. good lineup here. I love this tune. I love the way he leans into the chorus. I'm yeah, his vocals are a little rough and strained, but that yeah. doesn't bother me at all. I kind of but like... almost that gives it a great feel yeah. too, you know, because it's not it, they're not bad. It's just I really leaves it. I I pick this as one of my underrated tracks. Oh yeah, like, yeah. So I feel like this is a not as good version of these colors don't run. Yeah, but these colors don't run is is not underrated. So I can see what you're saying. <laughs> color, I like yeah. So something that. Very, very different, though, in a lot of ways. So I read something about this, too. Here's something else about this song. But I read it in a forum. It's one of those things, you know when you hear something and then you can't unhear it? Yeah. So oh, no. You're going to ruin this song for me, aren't you? No. It, Don't it, do it, this. It's just a little thing. So okay, do it. In Kevin Shirley's tour diary, he says, I began comping the vocal on Mother Mercy. Steve has a particular vocal melody in his mind, which Bruce didn't really get 100% correct. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Um... I had to dig back into it and complete the vocal compiling. So basically he took all the Bruce's takes yeah. of his vocals and kind of like picked the parts and pieced together a vocal performance. And towards the end, you can totally hear that it's like pieced together vocals. Oh no. And every time I hear it... You're going to ruin it for me. <laughs> I know, I'm just going to play gonna it. You're going to ruin it for me. Damn it, do it. It's just a little thing. Okay, yeah. But I hear it every time I hear the song, and yeah. it's like... Uh, and I probably will now, thanks for yeah. that. No, it's but, not It's not that big a deal, but you can hear but, it. And you can hear his voice break a little on pain there. Yeah. However... I don't mind the string vocals. Isn't that awesome? As soon yeah. as you play it, I'm like, I got the horns up. I have a feeling that there's a reason they don't do this one live. I think this would just oh, like man. shred his vocal cords. I think so too. Yeah. And you know what? And not for probably yeah. like something that people are going to freak out over. So why bother? Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I understand yeah. that. And the chorus is good, but I find the chorus a little repetitive. The verses I find yeah. just boring. I don't know. They don't do it for me. So this is, to me, it's like two great rockers to start off, yeah. and then a little bit of a dip. Is this your weakest track on the album? No way. No, okay. No. Oh, God. And I don't even think this is a weak track. It's a I good don't think track. it is. It's an 8 out of 10 yeah. for me. It's just, uh, as I go through, like, those first two tracks to open, yeah. really strong. They're not classics, but they're really strong tracks. Yeah. And then after this is Coming Home, and yeah. Coming Home is like... Yeah, so such a strong t- track. We've just so uh, Mother Mercy f- finishes side one of the of the vinyl, which is split right, across because it's a double vinyl. Exactly, right. it's a double vinyl, and then coming home. Wow, yeah, yeah, this is so great. Yeah, this is where the good the album gets really good and ramps up a level. 
So it's pretty good up to here. It, we're going along great with the two rockers, Mother mm. Mercy, which is a little bit of a dip, but it's still a really strong track. And then it just like, boom, it goes up like, like the rest of the album's really good. And this is just a great, great track. And I, yeah, I, I love would this song. maybe even say this might be my favorite track on the album. If yeah. only to wind you up. Talisman's yeah. up there. No, this well, is this is up there. It's yeah. amazing. This and, was my and, favorite track until In Vivo came out, and In Vivo turned me into a Talisman fan. Yeah, and the the, the the placement, first track, side two, in the vinyl, fourth track, right at the, you know, you're really into the album, the three tracks leading up to I Love, and the whole theme about uh, the flight and, you know, coming home, and also when you mix that in with what you're talking to, uh, what we talked about with them coming back to that studio, there's so many angles of coming home, and also at the same time, you know, they, they're, they're more or less at this stage you know the the modern era of the the flight and the tours take it off so there's so many angles to that but it's just an epic track and it's only six minutes it feels longer but it doesn't feel like you ever want to drop a second of it you know what yeah I, mean? I know what you mean it's five it's yeah. almost six minutes yeah it's it seems like an epic track mm. it's just a yeah it's just great i love how like the pre-chorus it just builds and builds and builds and then the chorus mm. just totally delivers yeah so this was written by adrian yeah. And he wrote it with Bruce in mind, thinking, like, I've got another quote and says, had a song on the last album called Out of the Shadows, which was kind of a similar thing, and Bruce was great on it. Uh, so this time I had an idea for something like that, and I could just hear him singing it. So he came up with this, this coming home, yeah, well, I, I guess it wasn't called, he, with Bruce in mind. Yeah, which is yeah. interesting, because I would have, like, I, I saw Dickinson on the writing credits, and I thought it would have been a Dickinson song, because, um, you know, just from the simple sense the the flight theme, you know, I I thought it was him being approved by basically Harris and uh, you know Adrian's credit was I don't know what for, that was the way I read it. Yeah, obviously just looking at the other, well looking at it from the outside in. Yeah, it's I don't know, it's a very Bruce sounding like you could almost hear if the production was different, this could have been on like Tattooed Millionaire. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's the, got that kind of jangly yeah. like although. Man, Ballady one thing that stands out for me, I love the drumming in this uh, this tune, right? Yeah, the drum. And, yeah, yeah, and and I always I always feel like that's absent in the solo work, which we're going to cover separately. So for yeah. me, that would differentiate. And then but the, the pacing, I agree. Well, yeah. like this could have been on Tattooed Millionaire as far as like the uh, the ballad part of it. Yeah, but then this is pure. Uh, this is pure Adrian. <laughs> So I just love that little intro riff, and yeah. they do it again after. It's yeah, really cool. And I love uh, the lyrics too, where he says, "I remember I mentioned this a few episodes ago when we did our best worst lyrics." He says, "Flown the dark Atlantic over Mariner's stormy graves." Yeah. So that's like another callback. You know, whenever they drop like yeah. Icarus or the word Mariner, they know people aren't going to just like they know what they're doing. Like these yeah. are like key words in classic songs, so it's kind of cool. Yeah, they're they're yeah the link back. People love it. So I put this on my uh, my Maiden Flying playlist that I listen to every time I fly on an airplane. Which starts off, it has to start off with Aces High. It's got, uh, no, it's got Where Eagles Dare, Flight of Icarus, Aces High, Tail Gunner, Coming Home, Death or Glory. Okay, you can't so, go wrong there. Yeah. Uh, there's a Polish website Bruce Dickinson did an interview on. He said, uh, started writing the song about other people coming home and decided to switch it about a band coming home. Because that's what they do. They're on the road the whole lives and they're always coming home. So Yeah. Yeah, it's it's cool, and you can tell. And it's awesome when you're talking about seeing the well. runway lights and stuff. Like that's something only the pilot would see, right? Yeah. If you it's actually look cool. at the in vivo tracks, because this is deadly on it, and of course, then we get on into Talisman, and you know, they're they're man, the the tracks that they picked out were epic. But anyway, I digress. Yeah. It, well, yeah. yeah they're yeah. And uh, home is awesome. Like. The other thing is this is this is a really good example of the Dave Murray versus the Adrian double solo. Yeah. Uh, where Dave's solo is like so fluid and bluesy, um, it's very Jimi Hendrixy, I find. Mm. Uh, tell me if this doesn't sound Jimi Hendrixy to you.
so the best solo on the album up to this point. So that's the best, yeah, the best solo at this stage. Yeah, up to up to now, I think it's the best. It's oh. just, uh, I love that like Dave Murray solo, and I love when they go back and forth with the uh, the solos, which yeah. they do all the time. That's that's pretty insane. Yeah, and I love that when Dave's tone is so smooth and bluesy sounding, mm. and then when Adrian comes in, it cuts right in and just ramps the solo up another level. Yeah, uh, they just work great together. Their styles together. If I was ever going to use an example of showing their two styles or their tones and how they play off each other to make an awesome solo, I would probably pick the song. It's great. Yeah, I would definitely say it's one of the best solos on the album. For me, if not the best, but we'll see. So, track. Spoiler alert. Number five. Ah, The Alchemist. Yeah. Um, middle on the second uh, vinyl. Uh, pretty short track, 430, relatively. Yannick features yep this is yannick a yannick song so another rocker this is when they were writing this it was tentatively titled house of dr d yeah <laughs> i i really like this track but there's one weakness in it which i want to play before i get okay. my positives yep. on it um there's a a solo in this track here i'll just play it for you let okay. me see what you think of it I think that's a great Yannick solo. That's Yannick, and it's like a textbook Yannick solo. All over the place, it feels like it's kind of going to spin out of control, but he kind of manages to reel it back in, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's a little that's Yannick's style, right? He's like a combination of the other two, but then he's also just really... Whenever you hear anything really weird like that, yeah. it's a Yannick solo. Yeah, so. <laughs> and I knew that, like, you know, because when I saw his writing credits, I said yeah. it has to be him. I mean, I can't really break them down, distinguish them, because I'm not a guitar player, but I don't know. For me, I didn't find it that exciting. That I said, know what you mean. It's not that melodic. Yeah. Because when he does these solos like that, it's not like a a melodic song, a melodic solo where he can, like, hum it. Like, you know, Slash's solo, you can hum. I can give you any song on After Ever Destruction, you can sing me back the solos. Yeah. This is the opposite of that. This is like. It's just chaos. Yeah, chaos is a perfect word for it. Yeah, and it can be good, yeah. but I love that. Used sparingly. Yeah, yeah. used sparingly. Yeah. Which it is. But that is a long, a long solo. Mm. It's, a, it's a good song. It's a Yannick song, so he did the solo. I don't know. This has a very... I think out of the whole album, this is the most like classic Maiden-sounding song. Like This sounds like complete early Maiden to me. Like that could be on. Like, that could be on Killers. It could be on Power Slave. I think. Yeah. It's uh, It's got that like. There, there's just that. It feels to me like it could be on Killers. Yeah. So I think this song it's is. It's a really cool. strong song. and It's a really good song. And because it's on this album and nothing else sounds like it, it's a great song. Yeah. If this was on Power Slave, would be filler. Yeah. But this, it, where it's on this album, I think it really stands out as like people are always like, how come Maiden has to write all this epic stuff, and how come they can't go back to writing the old style? And here's where, like, if anyone doesn't like this, I'm like. What do you exactly are you looking for? Because yeah, this is pure for? classic Maiden, yeah, with a new spin on it. By yeah, like while while I ripped the solo, I wanted to to lead yeah. in with that because I think this is an awesome track. Yeah, I really, do I really like, like this track too. And the solo for me just isn't a point in the song where I, I you know, yeah. lift up. But some of the lyrics in here, the vocals are great. The vocals are great. Yeah. Oh, I want to read out a few lyrics. Okay, because uh, I could take these lyrics and chuck them onto the campy list, but at the same time, I love them. You know, that's that's basically what it made in lyrics are like. I yep. find when I read the lyrics, more often than not, I'm like, sometimes it ruins songs, sometimes it adds this little Is cheese. this the part about where he took someone's wife and laid beside her? <laughs> no, it's not. It's, my dreams of empire for my frozen queen will come to pass. Know me, the Magus. I am Dr. Dr. D, and this was my host. But this is the best part. I was the keeper of the books, remember? I had the knowledge of the scrolls. Yeah. And he says, but now through ignorance and fears, I cast a shadow through the years. That's both like campy, but then poetic. Yeah, like, it's that's really like cool. That's like the perfect yeah. And I love, like, a lot of this album, 
up to now, mm. they've kind of not been going into that like campiness, and yeah. now they kind of bring it back. So this is a really like pure classic Maiden. Like I know, For, but you know, you know how much I love the scrolls. Like, I know yeah. this new thing. Yeah. I, I think we should have like a, a scroll. <laughs> like when we hit like fifty episodes, we should mail out to everybody who's contributed <laughs> a scroll certificate. <laughs> the wax a seal. parchment <laughs> with a wax seal. Yeah. So something with the song that I haven't read anywhere online. Yeah. You probably haven't thought about it. No. I haven't read this anywhere. So, I can totally picture Blaze singing the song. Like, this sounds like a Blaze song to me. Oh, man. That's, good. that's a good point. You know what I mean? Like, the whole... every Everything about it. And this song completely reminds me of Man on the Edge. Really? This sounds so much like Man on the Edge that I made a mashup of Alchemist Ooh, and Man on the Edge. It fits in pretty good. Now, I kind of got tired doing this halfway through so some of the edits of it aren't that, aren't that great but you'll get the point That's and right. even so much that i took half of one solo and half of the other solo and put it into one guitar solo and you can't even tell that it changes so listen to this That's a, the first off, that's a brilliant mashup. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, it's a little rough there where I got, I was kind of going back and forth at the beginning. Yeah. But then I kind of like, to make my point, I kind of tried to switch back and forth as fast as much as possible. I kind of awesome. didn't flow as well, but. That's deadly. There's no denying that they sound very similar. Man, the Edge is an awesome track, like though. Yeah, it makes you realize yeah. how good it is, eh? Yeah. Actually, this takes Alchemist up for me, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, I'm not complaining. I love I really enjoyed that. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Man. So, so this all started when I was like, this you song... Have, yeah. You have too much free time. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. You were like, I will just meld these together for no reason at all. Yeah. You probably did that probably. years ago. No, I did that this past week. Okay, good work. Yeah. <laughs> all right. You burned another beer later. <laughs> Next track. The third song they recorded for the album. Track number six. Isle of Avalon. Yes. The Avalon. Adrian likes- Smith written song. It is. Yeah. You, you know Avalon, like we live on the Avalon Peninsula right. in St. John's and Newfoundland. Do you know what the origin of Avalon is? Uh, it's not to do with like uh, King Arthur and all that. Exactly. Yeah. It's an Arthur- Arthurian legend thing okay. of like this magical island with special powers and stuff. Do you ever watch the cartoon Gargoyles? I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It was from the 90s? It, yeah, it yeah. got bought by Disney after, but it was like this upstart... Um, 
independent kind of thing that was uh, well, it was, was mainstream. But it started from like some comic books, but then got into a cartoon, and it hit around that era of the Batman Joker cartoons, like the real early ones. Remember when the Joker was Mark Hamill? No, he, he brought well, he brought it back for the old Trump stuff. But so really early '90s, like okay. really unique. There was a Spider-Man part two, but really Batman dominated. But Gargoyles came up. But what was so cool about them is they kind of took out. I guess they were that reemergence of ever since. Uh, I guess Lord of the Rings was written. There's been just a continual march towards, you know, um, and then the Lord of the Rings movies came out. People just loved the fantasy stuff, and it was never really done well when we were growing up. Like there were these weird cartoons, yeah. And there was like you there know, was an Excalibur movie. I remember yeah, that. Like people would reach at things like Princess Bride and Labyrinth and try and pull those into the genre because there was never enough. And then when, of course, Lord of the Rings came out, it yeah. made perfect sense. You want me to start some controversy and get a lot of emails, angry emails? Sure. Um, I hate The Princess Bride. I think it's a horrible movie. No, I think you're Re- stupid. Resume your talk. It's an awesome movie. <laughs> I saw it when I was a kid. I didn't like it then. I saw it again as an adult, and I'm just like... What can you not uh, like about it? I like awesome. Under the Giant. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, and he's in a movie. <laughs> yeah, so that's what you like. It's deadly, yes. Plus, would have been better cast with King Kong Bundy. Do you know what's crazy <laughs> about Princess Bride? What? That the, the bride, the hot girl... Yeah. She's the uh, wife from that politics movie, uh, the one with Kevin Spacey, House of Cards. Never seen it. No? No. I am, I watched a few seasons and turned it off. Yeah. It's too much politics, <laughs> which I love normally, but after four seasons it gets boring. Yeah. But all of these like uh, fantasy stuff, yep. they led up until this um, Game of Thrones, which right. is, you know, it's, a, is that it's so funny how... the of fantasy stuff, do you think? Yeah, but I mean, I look back yeah. on this stuff now, and I remember we were growing up, maybe the CG wasn't there, maybe the ideas wasn't there. I, everybody was dying for comic book movies. Now there's too many. I remember uh, remember when Willow came out? How yeah. How great that was when you were a kid? Though that was another one. Yeah. Like, people tried to pull it in. Then Lord of the Rings came out. Then Now it's Game of Thrones. You know, they're so spoiled for choice now. And now it's almost like I'm too old for it. Like, I can't watch all these movies. Yeah. But anyway, Gargoyles had this amazing thing about Avalon, which was this mythical island which traveled at a different time than everyone else. So you could okay. go on Avalon and come back and it'll be like 300 years Like I'm lost. Like I'm lost. <laughs> But uh, King Arthur was resting there, and there's all yeah. this crazy stuff. So I just thought that's a cool backstory because I, lo- I love that stuff. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And the other thing I was going to mention that I didn't when we were doing Coming Home yeah. is he says uh, Albion to Albion's land. So Albion is a really old term for the island of England. Is it? Yeah. Or yeah. So And you know Canada was almost called I New think- Albion. I was thinking of a bird. West West Bromwich Albion. You're thinking of albatross. It probably no. West 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 Bromwich Albion. I don't know. Yeah, West Brom. It's a Premier League football team. Yeah. Anyway, that was something I meant to bring up with coming home. I forgot all about it. Slipped my mind. I think it might be a bird, but go on. I think you're thinking of okay. It could be. I don't know. Albion. Yeah, West Bromwich Albion. There's a bunch of them. Okay. Premier League. Okay. This song uh, is one of the best songs on the album and you really have to listen to it a lot and pay a lot of attention to figure it out and wrap your head around it and when you finally do it is unlike anything maiden has ever done ever maiden's never written a song that sounds like this this stands alone from all the maiden stuff as something that almost sounds like a completely proggy rock i don't my only prog rock again (laughs) i still don't know what this is the only thing that i would criticize this about the only thing I would criticize about the song is the intro is maybe too long. It's a little overly long. It's a it has the wind sound effects. Too much foreplay, I get you. <laughs> yeah, it just yeah, shorten that sol- the intro up a little bit and I, I got I got a ten out of ten out of this. But listen to this solo. So that is to set you up for this cool... That's just... I think that's Dave Murray solo. I think. So that solo just sets you up for this cool instrumental part where Adrian plays guitar. And it's... Bruce Dickinson described it as like a jam. So uh, they play this weird timing thing. It's like a 7-4 time on drums. It sounds like this could be like in the middle of a Rush song. It's that like different sounding. 
And if you really pay attention to the guitar that uh, Adrian's playing, and I think it's him overdubbing guitars in the in the studio, there's no Maiden that sounds like this. This is so unique. I'm saying, but I, th- I think that's like Tom Sawyer, but it might not be. There's like two or three Rush tracks that I, yeah. I can narrow that down yeah. to. I have them on my list. I just I don't have them prepped. Yeah. But oh it's my god, that is, oh my god, it's that is very so cool. Hey, I never it's that. It's like this weird jazzy prog rocky weird timing solo. Yeah, and I remember hearing this a lot, this song, and it wasn't until I really started. It was like I listened to it a lot before I really picked up on exactly what Adrian's playing there. Yeah, and I mean that's the best. What I just played, I think that's one of the most impressive parts on this whole album. And it's kind of buried in this really weird song. Like, the structure of the song is so weird. It's got that really long intro. There's, like, a pre-chorus, you know, that I can hear you, can you hear me part. Then there's, like, these fast verses. Then the chorus with the I hear her crying the tears of the angel, that part. The guitar solo, that weird jam that I played. And then it goes back into, like, the pre-chorus, the verses, and then the chorus again. And it's just, like... It's a really weird, it's not your typical song structure. It's a really cool song. And it really, really took me a long time to really like appreciate the song, I think. You know what's funny? Um, I lo- I like this song. Yeah. But based on your analysis now, it's elevated it. But I was actually really nervous going into this song that you were going to uh, tear it down. Because no. you'd said like, oh, there's a couple of songs. And, and uh, in, in kind of before we were out getting on the air. And I was like, oh my God, Isla Avalon's one of my... I, I wouldn't say it's one of my, my favorite songs on the album, but like you know how you we talked about this in a previous podcast where you kind of pick those ones that aren't the like you're not gonna rip Coming Home Talisman or Final Frontier. Yeah. Um the other ones you can argue, you know, should they have been on the Eldorado. We we have that out. But for me, I love this track. It's an it's an eight out of ten for me. It's not an A plus, it's it but it's up there. But I wanna play a part so of the So that's song. exactly how I felt about this yeah. song. For like the first 50 listens. And then all of a sudden when it clicked. And now it's like a 10 for me. A 10? Well, if they had it shortened that intro down a little bit. Yeah. I just think it's too much intro for what's going on in the song. Can I play my favorite part of the song for you? Obviously, I'm always drawn to the vocals. Yeah, like, that's, that's uh, yeah. a very powerful, like passionate singing part too. I yeah. love that part of the fertility goddess or whatever. Yeah, it's so just, cool, man. And uh, you know, it, it 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 sums up the podcast for me in the sense that we've argued so much with the vocals. I love the guitars, I love the drum, I love all that stuff. But when he's leaning into it, and when they like crescendo behind him, you get that amazing epic, yeah, made powerful, sound right? Where he's on the front of the ship, or yeah. you know, and and you know, they're just carrying it. I just love it. And for me, that's the best part of the song. Now, it carries on. It, it's just an awesome tune. Yeah, it's great. I'm glad that you didn't rip it. I can't believe you gave it a 10 out of 10. Now I'm gonna no, go I'm going to backtrack it because of the intro to like a 9.25. Yeah. Nine Can I do that? Yeah. Sorry, kid. You're not getting into Harvard. <laughs> 9.5 out of 10. So, yeah. It starts out with Satellite 15, which is a great 
intro, but I kind of wish that was split into a separate track. Yeah. Then you got Final Frontier, El Dorado, which are two rockers, and then Mother Mercy, which is a little bit different, but still kind of an upbeat rocker. Yeah. Then they, boom, they hit with Coming Home, yeah. Alchemist, which Alchemist. is like classic Maiden, and yep. then uh, Isle of Avalon, which is really different for Maiden. So to, to sum this up, really yeah. at this stage, we've been through the two, the first two vinyls. The, yeah, there's two you, vinyls. So there's a side yeah. A and side B. There's we've, also a side C and a side D. We've argued over Mother Mer- Mercy, some of the Yeah, some you of like the that one a bit stuff. more than I me. I love it more yeah. than you do. I just find it a little boring or bland or something. Yeah. yeah. El Dorado, we both really like. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and of course, played live as well. But really and truly, the first two sides, or, or the first two discs, and really the first, strong first half, so far. amazing. Yeah. And then we know that you know, we got Talisman and yeah. Starblind coming up, and there's a lot of good. Man, this is yeah. wow. So we're uh, that's the first disc of yeah. Final Frontier. And we'll do the uh, yeah. A couple of days we'll get together. We're getting together in a couple of days. We're gonna do side C and D, I guess. Side C and D, yeah. Side two. Album two. Yeah, new, yeah. I suppose you'll have like eighteen mashups of Talisman, <laughs> and we'll we'll also cover the cover art. Yeah, I'll tell and you all about my 40, 49 minute version of uh, the. You Talisman actually have a forty nine minute version. I do. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! I'll tell you about that in the next episode. That's crazy. Um, I want to go back to this beer. Can you, what's the name of this beer again? The the Chaga um, Porter. Yeah, that's uh, one Chaga of the best porters that, I've yeah. ever had. That's fantastic. Yeah. 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 So it's basically just a really good porter with this chaga tea added in, which I, I find... Yeah, it has a bit of bitterness it. to it. It does, but it also has a bit of earthy taste. Yeah, it's like yeah. you don't taste it when you're drinking, but then after you swallow, you get this like... Yeah, earthy yeah. taste in like the back of your throat. Roof and your antioxidants mouth. and stuff, and it's got yeah. that local flavor and, and all that stuff. So. The more you drink, the, <laughs> the healthier you'll be. The healthier. <laughs> yeah. You're in your deathbed. Have you tried Did you say uh, antioxidant? Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually just taking oxidants lately. Yeah. Um, so, man, that that's... Yeah, Final Frontier, hugely overrated, but we've obviously... Hugely got underrated, to, I think. Or, or sorry, that's yeah, what I think we that's what to say. Yeah, hugely. That's the Chaga talking. There's a lot of people that I have a feeling this album's not even on their radar. Like I think there's a lot of people that are like, mm. I don't know, Brave New World, and then they kind of, I like I think more people know Dance of Death than this album by far. Well, that and that showed up in our listens, didn't it? Like a Matter of Life and Death. Now it was a little earlier in a ten year, but Dance of Death was really popular although we, we we covered it previously i talked about it when on the fan club forums facebook group were great to us and shout out to yeah. them but we put the, there was a big debate going on about which is the best actually people were arguing which is the best album matter life and death versus dance of death final frontier and book of souls weren't in there and that was six months ago and yeah. the tour just ended and then i'm also like why are these your two best of all times and and i tried to find the thread where someone said the new albums but it didn't seem to show up but i guess there's a fan of that age now that's great but look, you if know, you I'm haven't not, listened to this album, go listen yeah. to it because it's really good. I'm going to save my hot take for part two. Yeah. But realistically, you know, this is awesome. It's yeah, a great it's album. You there, there might be aspects of it you don't love, but hey man, like this is, if you were to, to take the 16 studio albums and rank it, yeah. this is not in your bottom five. I think if you're a Maiden fan that's open to like the new kind of Maiden, yeah. then you're going to love this album. If you, all you want to hear is like Number of the Beast, Power, Peace of Mind, Power Slave. Yeah, but Maiden's always progressive. They keep pushing it forward, yeah. but they always have that. They harken back, right? Yeah. Like they Talisman. push forward, but then they yeah. go into like they put it somewhere in time, and the album sales dropped in half. And then they put in like put out when No Prayer came out, their album sales dropped in half again, pretty yeah. much. So they're progressing, but they tend to lose a lot of fans. It's weird, like it's a weird thing, isn't yeah. it? Although they seem like they're on this wave now. I don't know. Yeah, we got to have the guy on who. Uh... I'm trying to nail him down. The guy who quit Maiden after Power Slave. Yes, your friend. <laughs> we got to get him on. He man. loved Beast. He loved Peace of Mind. Power Slave came <laughs> out. He's like, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Um, TalkingMaiden.com. Follow us on Twitter. Yeah. Loads of tour stuff's happening yeah. now. We're really excited about it. We're yeah. getting great feedback. And I've been answering every single email we get. You and have. I've been getting some good discussions with people too, which is great. <laughs> Did you notice that I replied to a couple? I was like, you know, our good friend who, who uh, you know, we're going to more or less create an award for us, send him a spear. And uh, right. I, I reply to those. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the rest of them, I'm like, Nesbitt's going to hit you with an encyclopedia, so I'll just sit back and enjoy it. Yeah. That happened a few times that yeah. someone like uh, emailed me a like three sentence email, and I started writing them back. And next thing I knew, I had like four oh. paragraphs. They love like, it. Man, eh, whatever. <laughs> Talkingmaiden.com, yeah. uh, Twitter, email, all of it's on there. Yeah. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Till next time. Yeah.